Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome inside Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, making an appearance on YouTube for the 3,577th time with a backwards hat, Jay Shaw, Joshua Shaw, and the green grass wall. Times are tough, Josh. Times are tough, but your grass is still living. The hair is still fleek. The hat fits well. The V-neck is just, I mean, are you eating? I know. I mean, no. you, the gyms are closed. Are you eating food? No, no. There's no food in the grocery store, so I'm Taco I'm Bell, adapting. man. Yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell. This, this is what I'm talking about. So for those of you listening, I, we bring up Taco Bell quite a bit. It's just, uh, it's, I would like to say it's an inside joke, but it's not because it's out there. It's public knowledge. Yeah, that yeah. Josh, Josh, on record, I think, prefers Taco Bell over Chipotle, which makes him, which I don't know. I mean, it makes you un-American for sure, but it's, it's fine by me because – a gordita from Taco Bell, man, is unbelievable. Unbelievable how good those things are. It's it's underrated. I mean, it's one of those fast foods that uh, is underrated. I don't know. I began enjoying it when I was like a kid in, in a poor uh, suburb of uh, Northeast Ohio. And, and basically, you know, when you got a dollar or two from your uh, selling some lemonade or something like that, I turned it into a couple bean burritos or some soft tacos. Don't kid yourself. You never sold fucking lemonade in Ohio. Dude, I was a, I was one of those crazy entrepreneurial kids that was like coming up with any business idea possible. I was shoveling driveways. I was cutting grass. I was doing anything to make a little bit of money. Like this started when I was like four or five years old. I was, I was one of those crazy kind of entrepreneurial kids. We could do a uh, whole episode on that because the same way. You remember those candy apple suckers that were had caramel coating on them? Yeah. I would yeah. buy a bag from the local grocery store, sell them to my friends for 25 cents a piece, and your boy was rolling in money, man. Yeah. And then I got in trouble <laughs> from the school. So um, entrepreneur at the age of six, Josh Shaw, same way. But yeah. today we're not going to talk about Taco Bell. Actually, we're going to talk about the opposite of Taco Bell in this time and age and time and day. Um, obviously... As this episode comes out, people are very well aware on what's going on in the entire world. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. Um, Non-essential businesses are being closed down, forced to close their doors from the government, which is putting a lot of people, specifically a lot of small businesses, uh, in trouble. And in trouble to the point where they're going to be out of business. The reality is many of these small businesses are not going to be able to afford their leases. They're not going to be able to afford to pay their employees. And they're going to go belly up, which is super unfortunate and the economy is suffering, but now more than ever, this topic is relevant and it is to, you know, we, we have small business Saturday, which what we tout in November, um, around black Friday, but we should really be supporting small businesses year round because they really are the backbone to a lot of the stuff that we, that we thrive on in this economy. And right now they're struggling, they're hurting. I'm sure you're seeing it through your business model. I'm now finally seeing it through my partners and, and in this industry, um, you know, we could probably say that the vast majority of brands that we work with are still, quote unquote, small businesses to an extent. I mean, they're not, not everybody is, is uh, you know, Nutribolt company and Cellucor, okay? Some of these companies are barely doing three, four million, if that. So, um, and it's not even just dietary supplements, but like small businesses in general, Josh. And uh, I want to start this episode in, you know, this has been going on for a couple of weeks now. What have you found yourself doing? Because you are a small business, and I know that you have a, um, a fondness for, for other small businesses. Have you gone out of your way to help support them in means that you can? You know, I would say that day-to-day I am very helpful towards any entrepreneur, uh, regardless of big, small, whatever. If somebody reaches out, um, you know, I'm going to help them where I can mm-hmm. as long as it's not something that – 
you know, I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of because a lot of the stuff that I do, um, you can really get in the weeds really quick. And then that's kind of turns into something where then it's affecting me as a small business, but I'm always kind of value long-term, always trying to give this out. I mean, you and I both, we, we create a ton of content that if we look at things from a day-to-day basis, a week or monthly, or even sometimes maybe a quarterly or a year-to-year basis, it doesn't make financial sense for the stuff that we do. But, but we know over time, these things add value to the system. That system grows. Everybody can get value out of this. Eventually, it comes back around to us in some form or another. So what I would say is that currently, I've been trying my best to add as much value I can. If people have questions, I know that this is a very kind of complex kind of situation. My brain works very strategic. Um, I've always kind of thought uh, in ways of how to hedge and how to create contingencies and how to think long-term, short-term, how do you balance all that together? So my brain um, has been firing like at all cylinders during this time. And I know that a lot of small business owners maybe don't have that same way that they think. Um, so I've been trying my best to add as much value as possible. I've made a few comments late, lately around, uh, you know, obviously the stuff that I do constantly is I would consider more like preventative care, like where I'm trying to tell people, Hey, here's current trends. Here's where the markets are going. Here's uh, where you should be positioned. Um, here's some new ideas to think about because I, I want people to to kind of constantly be adjusting their small business based around what's happening. Now, in the current state, I've kind of shifted that into more of like a triage type of a situation mm-hmm. where, you know, got to stop the bleeding. Like, how do you stop the bleeding as best as possible? And that's where I've been focusing a lot of my attention now. So it's been shifting in terms of my message, but I would say that I'm still doing the same things that I've been doing. This is an interesting time because I think a lot of people – their, 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 their choice of words don't match their actions, right? Like a lot of people are like, you should support small businesses, but they're the first people who are on the phones calling to their local gym trying to cancel their membership because they can't get in. And I think that that's an interesting topic in itself. It's like, okay, gyms are considered a non-essential business for whatever reason, um, and I get it, but do you call up and cancel your membership at your local gym because you're not allowed to work out because the government says so? So hypothetically, for instance, Josh, for you, it's okay, they don't reopen gyms until September 1st, okay? That means you're paying a gym membership April, May, June, July, and August. Five months, I'd say an average of 50 bucks, $250 you're just giving away. Does it make sense for you as a person to do that, or do you suck it up, support that small business who has been there since you've signed up? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, if we're being real, it's a hard you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because 250 bucks can go a long way for a lot of people, especially now, especially if you are somebody who works for a small business and you rely on money. What do you do? And I think and I'll, I'll jump in like for me financially, I'm okay right now. I'm okay. So I'm, I'm not concerned about it. I want to help and give back. I'm not going to be calling my gym and canceling my membership. They can, they can take my, my debt each month, support them. I want the gym to be there when it reopens. I have no idea when that's going to happen, but I also understand there are a lot of people who work in the service industry that don't have jobs, or there are people who work in hospitality who don't have jobs, or work at stadiums, or whatever it might be that don't have jobs. I understand if they have to pick up the phone, call, and cancel that membership. I get it. I'm not going to judge somebody and say, you're an asshole for doing that, because that money can be used towards food, which they desperately need. So, I mean, what do you do in that situation, Josh? Because, I mean, that's, that's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the decision. That's the hard decision. I think you... If you're able to 
extend and, and not really have that be all that big of a difference to your day-to-day -day life until it becomes a difference where it's an immediate, um, you know, cost benefit, but you have to kind of struggle with. It's like, Hey, I need that $30 to put food on my table. That's a decision you need to do the whole, you know, me over we type of a situation. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, when your back's against the wall, you have to make those decisions and you can't really look out for other people when you aren't currently able to look out for yourself. I think that comes into a bigger kind of situation. I think that like right now, what I would like to see small business owners do more of is to get out in front of the story and start to explain what they're going to do around this. Mm -hmm. You know, Hey, don't cancel your membership, Ryan. You know what I'm going to do for you. If you can continue to pay me is that, you know, when we get back to this, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, yeah. or, you know, this is why this means so much to me. If you can please not cancel this, this is, you know, I have seven people that I'm keeping on payroll that I'm still paying. Like if they can get out in front and communicate this and be transparent, I think a lot of people on the other side of it will be less, um, interested in, in canceling if they can. I think when you go completely dark, you start to fill in the gaps with the kind of the worst case scenario. And you think, well, this guy's taking advantage of me. I don't, you know, whatever. I'm going to cancel this. He, he can do his own thing. I can do my own thing. I'll worry about this because he's not giving me a place to work out. So why should I be paying him? I think that that's what can happen when you don't get out in front of the story. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of small business owners. I mean, we take it for granted. Um, you know, we talk in front of a camera all the time. We do this all the time. We're used to getting out and telling our thoughts and, right. and sharing it with people. But a lot of people don't. I mean, they're mm -hmm. they're behind in the shadows. You don't necessarily even know the small business owner sometimes. You might know some of the employees or whatever, but you don't really know sometimes the owner. And they're not used to getting out and putting messages out on, on their social media, on their own personal or whatever, calling each customer. You know, that's a weird concept to think about, you know, call up each customer and say, Hey, I want to appreciate you and thank you. And I want to explain a little bit about what's happening on my end, you know, have those conversations. I think people would really appreciate that right now. I think people are really appreciative of people that are sharing information right now. Yeah. If you look at the big conglomerate, like the big companies, right? I mean, I, for as much as you travel, Josh, I guarantee you got an email from Delta, United, American, Marriott, Hilton, like all these different yep. big things saying like, this is what we're doing. Small businesses, just because you're small doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing that. Like if you have an email list, utilize it. If you have a call list, call. Um, if you are a gym, like Josh said, a good thing to do is call and say, listen, if you keep your membership going, we'll upgrade You know, 25% of the machines come end of summer or whatever. Like that's our promise to you for supporting us during this time. We are going to improve our facilities because literally you don't have much else to do. By them improving the facilities, they're also supporting other small businesses. Um, during this time, it's been crazy. Like I've been trying to support local a lot local small businesses like I mean we've talked about this I, I built a home gym I went locally um, not not anything against your home state of Rogue you know Rogue being in Ohio yeah. like great company and they're doing some really amazing things in terms of helping what's going on but try to spread the wealth and try to spread because obviously the local economy is, is super important in this time but in for our industry what I find interesting is it's you know we, we didn't know how long it was going to be until our industry took an impact and now um, I've seen it firsthand and you know one of the one of the companies that I work with they they predominantly do most of their business via brick and mortar. So this this is one of those things where like you chose to go that route, you chose to focus on that model, and now it's biting you because you didn't focus on online. And even if you're online, 
people aren't buying dietary supplements like they were because if they don't have access to a gym. There's no reason to take a high margin based pre workout. So it's it's a catch twenty two. But if your business is based, or eighty percent of your business is based on brick and mortar, and your 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 supplement stores are located inside LA Fitnesses or whatever it might be, they're not issuing POs which means you're not selling product, which means you can't pay employees, which means you can't pay Ryan, you can't pay Josh. So it's a trickle-down effect within our space that's happening. Um, but you know, to, to what Josh preaches a lot on his channel and here on this podcast is like contingency plans, cash flow. I find it – this might be a little off-talk, but I find it extremely shocking to me how little cash flow some of these small businesses have. Like it, it's almost like they live paycheck to paycheck, and that's not that's – not, a, I would be, I would be super uncomfortable as a business owner. Like, I keep a good chunk of change in the in the bank for a taxes, but in case something yeah. like this happens, like you need to have money in case something like this happens. So when I get a call from a business that I work with saying, "Hey, we don't know if we can pay you," and I look at the amount that they have to pay me, I'm like, "That's such a small amount in the grand scheme of things." Like, what's going on? And I think, you know, if you're a small business, you're going to learn a lot during this time. Either you're going to go out of business, you're going to struggle hard to get through this time. But if you manage to get through this, when we get to the other side, you need to take a hard look in the mirror and reevaluate how you're running your business if you really had a hard time. Because, um, you know, hopefully this lasts, you know, three months or less. I don't know. But you need something. You need to take care of yourself in the long term. And you can't – I think what, the, the one thing about our space, Josh, is it's a lot of, um, you know, for me type of things. It's like how much money can I pay myself and, and how much money can I make? Um, but you're responsible for a payroll. You're responsible for employees. You're responsible for, for things bigger than yourself, and you need to keep that in mind. And I think the brands that come out from this and the brands that do right upon the consumer and upon their employees are the ones who are going to win and that we're going to come back to and continue to support after this. Um, you know, Because it, it's one thing to say, like, support small businesses now. Six months from now, are you going to still support that small business? You can go back to Amazon and buy something that's the cheapest in the world. You know, that's, that's the thing, too, because... It comes down to – especially now it comes down to price. So do you go and, and do you spend money on you know, whatever it is? And then I think it goes back to your point. It's like there's this for me benefit thing, right? If it starts cutting into your daily life and it starts cutting the way you're living, you got to make the hard line choice to cut out some of the, the inflated pricing. But I've seen small businesses in our space. For instance, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Jesse West over here on the Nutrition Junction. I know he follows you, and he literally was just at my house here a little bit ago. He's offering free local delivery. Like, I mean, that's something small. He's a, he's an online retailer, but if you're in the Twin Cities area, he is literally driving stuff to you uh, for free because he wants you to still be able to get your things. He doesn't want your stuff getting caught in Amazon for five days. He doesn't want your stuff getting caught in shipping. So like those are things where small businesses are kind of going above and beyond and trying to get ahead of this thing and, and leverage this to their advantage in a way in which they're giving back. And I think it's super cool. You made a point around being surprised uh, small businesses and this has nothing to do with our space. Um, but I think because we obviously work in primarily in a certain area, we, <laughs> we kind of just go through the blinders and, and think uh, through that, that lens. But the average American, I, I can't remember the percentage, but it's, uh, it's a very, very big percentage that can't actually absorb a $600 bill. Like it just, uh, if, if a $600 random bill came up, like your car was broken and a medical bill, like something like that, the majority of Americans would not have the money to be able to pay that. They would have to put it on some credit or do something. And if you think about small businesses, it's the average American that owns these small businesses. So if the average American can't manage their own personal finances, odds are they can't manage their business finances because that becomes a lot more complex. That's <sighs> for me. I know I've talked about this on podcasts before 
where when I get into working with a client, regardless to their size, I can tell very quickly if they are an actual business or if they are just somebody that is playing around because you just need to look at the back end of their business and you can see how they manage that side of it. You can look pretty and, and do all these fancy things out in the front with your marketing and your packaging and your products and you, the way you talk out on your YouTube. That's one thing. But the stuff that's in the shadows that nobody ever gets to see, the stuff that I get to see, I could very much tell the, the winners and losers by that because they're actually doing the things that are the unsexy things. And this is when the unsexy things matter the most is during these times of crisis and chaos where then all the stuff that you were doing in the shadows that nobody ever got to see all of a sudden becomes your competitive advantage right. where now you're going to be able to survive because you were able to be uh, fiscally conservative or you know you were able to budget properly or make sure that everything was appropriate and managed from your supply chains and, and everything from your employees and and that's where this kind of breaks down a lot of times for small businesses because you're not necessarily in the mindset to think a lot about that kind of stuff. You're thinking about like what's right in front of me all the time. You know, when can I um, pay this bill? When can I, you know, come out with this new product? When can I? You're, you're thinking like in the weeds all the time. You're not necessarily taking your step back and thinking, okay, when things are not going as well, am I, am I prepared? Am I good to go? Um, that's where things start to kind of break down a little bit and it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's just an interesting time right now. I, I, I appreciate all small business owners that are being um, kind of creative in the way that they're adjusting their business models right mm -hmm. now. Um, there's this quote that I like to throw around a lot is that, you know, it's not the big that eats the small, it's kind of the, the, the fast that eat the slow. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea that small business owners, they have the advantage when you think about how quick they can adapt and change. There's to, no red tape. You can just go. Yeah. I mean, they just go. So like somebody like Jesse, like he sees the environment that's in front of him. He sees the challenges and he goes, how can I adjust this on a snap? How right. can I move real quick and do the best that I can? It might not replace everything that I've been doing because that was what was really working. Those were my core competencies. I was crushing it here. But can you make 80 cents on the dollar? Can you make 70 cents on the dollar to, to stay alive? Because right now, a lot of it is staying alive and, and creating a runway to be able to get out of this because mm. we will come out of it. It's not the issue here. It's that can you actually weather the storm long enough to be able to have enough of resources, enough of the war chest left that when you do come out of it, you can start firing again? Because the ones that can are going to be the ones that ultimately uh, long-term win here because this is uh, the vulnerable state that everybody's in is also an opportunity for people that have set up for these situations. Um, I was looking recently, and this is kind of adjusting a little bit outside of the small business scenario here, but I was looking at the largest businesses in the uh, world here, and I was looking on their cash on hand. I was trying to figure out who had the most cash on hand because when this all kind of changes, there's going to be a lot of depressed distressed assets out there. Why not pick up these assets mm -hmm. at a very cheap rate? People are going to be looking for lifelines. They're going to be trying to figure out how do I make it through here? Why not consolidate as quick as possible? So in a sense, going back to small businesses, this is a vulnerable state for a lot of people. This is where you know the, the erosion of small businesses, the erosion of 
um, Main Street is starting to be real and you need to figure out how do you use your advantages to the best of your ability and that's speed, that's adaptability, that's evolving to whatever needs to be happened to stay alive and stay in a strong enough state that when you can't come out of this, you can. Yeah. I, I think that's brilliant. I mean, that really is. You're right. You, you think about some of the acquisitions that just recently happened. Like you, you can think, um, you know, these, these big brands are sitting out there thinking, okay, I've had my eye on this brand for, for months now. Now they're struggling. So now I know I can lowball them. I mean, it's how it's going to be. Like they can get, present lowball offers in which these small businesses now, pretty much have to accept i mean it's either it's either accept or die and um it sucks that that happens but like that's as a big brand as a big business you have to think that way i mean you don't necessarily have to lowball them but you're going to try to get it at the cheapest rate you possibly can why wouldn't you um that's yeah. business 101 so super interesting i like how you mentioned like the adaptability in terms of a time like this and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna give credit to myself josh right now because like we just talked about this before yeah. we came on like listen we're in dietary supplements nobody can go to the gym and work out so why would i continue to produce a ton of content around what the best pre-workout is what's the best pump i shifted i shifted i started putting out a ton of content on food and healthy recipes because if you can't work out you can at least eat decent and you should be yeah. eating decent. So what can I do to provide? What kind of content can I provide the consumer that they have nothing but time on their hands at home being quarantined that they can make while still utilizing a product from a brand that I work with, whether it's protein, powder, et cetera. So like it's just trying to shift. And I kind of sat back and said, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I can come out and do all this stuff. And you look at like my competitors and stuff. They're not doing what I'm doing. They're sticking with what they're doing. They're, they're sticking with the science-based supplement review stuff and good. That's fine. I can't do that. Like, I just couldn't sit back and do it. Like, I have G does that stuff. I say, you do this. I'm going to revert my thinking and do something completely different and produce content, which I know is high engagement level. People are actually going to do, and it, it, it provides a ton of value to my brands in a time in which they need value more than ever. Um, and, and, you know, for you too, right? It's not, you're not flying anywhere right now. Like, you, the airlines aren't letting Josh on, on the flights because they just don't want to fly. Brands probably aren't picking up the phone saying, like, we need you. Although, Right now would be a good time to probably call you and be like, hey, you know, we don't know when this is going to end, but we probably should start playing now on our, our what the hell we're going to do. So like a, a plug for you, it's like this would be the time to call Josh and say like, don't wait till this is over. Start planning now because there is going to be an end game to this. And you, if, as, a, as a supplement brand, a dietary or a functional food, like everybody that Josh you work with for the most part. Small business. I mean, Whole Foods obviously isn't a small business, but I mean, you work with a lot of small businesses. Like, they should be picking up the phone. If you're confused and have no fucking clue what you're doing, call someone like Josh right now. Put up the money and, and invest now. Now is the time to do it because a lot of people are pulling back and saving money, right? I've spent more money on my business in the last month, in the last two weeks than I ever have. Like, I'm, I, I'm putting the, stepping on the pedal to the metal right now because, like, you got to go. While everybody else is pulling back, here's your opportunity to go forward. So instead of just sitting back being scared, wondering what the hell you're going to do, figure it out and do something. Like that's the biggest thing. And, you know, for us as small businesses, that's what we can do as consumers. Like you can penny pinch if you need to, but you should also keep supporting those small businesses, especially locally, because hopefully, you know, these small businesses are going to pay it forward, you know, when the time comes. So, you know, back to the gym model, if you support the gym, maybe they'll put in a steam room, a sauna, brand new equipment, whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with our industry, Josh, though. I mean, if, if you support dietary supplements now, are they going to give back to you six months from now? Mm, probably not, you know? Yeah. So it's like, but, uh, you know, there are brands now that are doing certain things to help, obviously. Um, and we talked about that in last week's episode. But um, 
I, I it, it's going to be it's a challenge for everybody, and it's going to be extremely interesting what happens because you take one look at your 401k right now, Josh, or your retirement accounts. Thank God we're in our 30s because if we were in our 60s, I'd be scared shitless, you know, or seven because it's going to take some time to rebound from this. Like, I literally got an email from my financial advisor this morning being like, hey, back in 1937, we saw this happen, and here's what happened. Like, 1937, that was 100 years ago, man. Like, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just there's a lot of uncertainty and I think many of us are also living our lives in that uncertainty point of view. And I think even though we can't go out and do the things we want to do, like we still need to try to live as normal as possible. And that means still supporting businesses that we have a relationship with if you can. You know, obviously doing things that you would normally do on an everyday basis, or you're just gonna go fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, the things that you can obviously do that are still open, um, there's obviously a lot, a lot of businesses that are completely closed and maybe they don't run a e-commerce model, uh, but you know, even restaurants and bars and things, I've seen them all adapt. They've all moved to um, pickup um, or delivery, mm-hmm. or I've even seen a lot of them with like bars because of the high margin of like alcohol, they're making up like uh margarita mixes and like things like that you could still have the experience at home and do kind of that quarantine partying i've seen a lot of people uh, throwing these like parties where essentially like everybody signs into zoom or or, uh, skype or something and just creates like this virtual party at everybody's apartment so like people are resilient they're figuring out how to adapt and businesses should start to like think about how are people adapting and then how can they kind of follow the lead on some of those things um we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but when we talk about small businesses, like it's not necessarily like a revenue number. A lot of times, at least from the um, classifications, it's usually around like employee counts and like the employee counts. Like if you're a manufacturing business, you, I think it's below 500. And then if you're non-manufacturing, it's like below a hundred. So that's still like for most people, that's a a pretty big business. employees it's pretty big business um but even like the lower end of it's like just 20 and below employees i think that makes up i think about like 18 percent of the workforce so that's the most vulnerable those are probably where you want to focus the most amount of your kind of spending because if you think about this in in the terms of like i don't want to call it like trickle down but it's like the idea that if you one person's spending is another person's income, and then if you shut off one of these segments, it then creates a ripple effect in all other places. So, like even if you you know you shut down a restaurant, that might only seem like it's hurting one business, but also hurts the small distributor, the food distributor. It also hurts maybe the small local beer distributor. It hurts you know, and it kind of just goes up yeah. the stream up to these biggest businesses. So even though a lot of times um, we're focusing on maybe one singular um, small business, uh, your spending also affects a lot of these other small businesses. It goes up the stream through this. So it's a matter of probably focusing your efforts if you are gonna support small businesses to go towards the quote unquote smallest ones possible if you can. Obviously this is coming from you and I of of a place of kind of privilege or, or having the ability to actually do that where we have a little bit of extra money to worry. We, we don't have to worry about like penny pinching or, or whatever. I understand the other situation where there's going to be people listening to this and saying, I can't spend another two or $3 on lunch. I can't do those things. And that is totally understandable. I totally get that. And you should make those decisions on a personal basis, but I'm yeah. saying if you can, it's a good idea to kind of support the, kind of the local community because 
you're going to be living in that community. I'm, I'm assuming unless you're uh, like me, that's transient, that moves all the time. Uh, so every dollar, I think it's around 65% of it stays in the local community. If you, if you support it as a small business, that's um, a pretty big impact. So, you know, all the things that you're thinking about with like your schools or, you know, all the other kind of interlinkages between if you buy coffee, that coffee is getting supported by maybe a local roaster and, you know, all those kind of things like that all kind of stays more local where you can have more uh, stores, you can have more things to do, you can have better economy, local economy. So then when we get out of this, you actually have the theater to go to, the um, the sporting events to go to, and all those types of things, because there's actually businesses that can support those people, support the actual community in which you're going to be attending those in. Yeah, um, I love it. I want to end the podcast, Josh, with just like a I don't know. For you and I make it like a commitment to, on what we're going to do. Um, you know, in terms of like let's let's verbally put it out there and what we want to do to help support small businesses. And I'll start. Um, Danielle and I actually talked about this. Like, even though I'm on contest prep and I'm saying I'm still going to make it a point to order food from a local restaurant once a week using something like Uber Eats because not only are you supporting the local restaurant. Um, you know, that produces that food, the driver for Uber eats, obviously that's their income for Uber. So you support them as well. And Uber and like DoorDash, a lot of these places have been doing something where they're kind of waiving some of the fees for these restaurants to help them out too. So obviously you guys can do that thing, but like, you know, if nothing else, I, I'm just going to at least once a week, even though I, I'm not supposed to, it's like, I'm going to order something from a local restaurant to help try to keep that thing in business. And, or if, if I have to go pick up, I'll go pick up. I don't mind leaving my house at all, but I know there are people listening to this probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can't leave your house, but no, I'll go leave my house and support a local business if I have to. So that's my commitment. Um, you know, once a week, obviously, to keep doing that, and then hopefully, once these restaurants and stuff get back open, to kind of get back out and, and do those things. So that's that's what I want to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, that's something that I've already been doing is having at least the Uber Eats on a local restaurant at least once a, a week at this point. I am also something I've just kind of subconsciously did, um, that now you're, you're kind of bringing this point up is every time I've been looking for any of my needs, uh, because I've not, but went into this like pantry preparedness that everybody else has went into. I've not like stocked up on 3000 toilet paper rolls or whatever. So I'm basically having my normal shopping periods where we got low on meat and I, I initially, and I didn't even think about why I did this, but I initially started to search the local butcher yeah, places awesome. and, and just because I thought, Hey, Maybe they're going to be struggling to uh, move inventory or they're going to be able to have maybe some some better cuts of meat and I'm not going to have to deal with – I think I was going more towards probably convenience because I was thinking I don't want to go in the crazy stores. Yeah. But I also was thinking towards the small business owner. Um, but I found that those sometimes are, are, are difficult, at least from the – that scenario I'm putting in place because a lot of them were sold out. I think they weren't really ready for people like me that were shifting their purchasing habits. But I know that I'm going to continue, at least from a purchasing standpoint, to think local first. How can I support the local person um, as long as obviously they have the stock and they can do everything for me? Because um, price isn't too much of an issue. It's more of stock and all right. that. Uh, and then secondly, talking about just because my platform is very much business uh, information, business education, is to continue to focus more of my attention on 
small businesses and uh, make sure that my message is, is more geared towards them in the coming period, not necessarily thinking about the biggest organizations out there um, and really thinking about how can I help somebody with the information today, they can implement it today. So more tactics over strategy, that's kind of where I'm going to change at least from the value that I can give. Cause I know that I'm, that's where I can reach the most people. But what I would say is if anybody listening to this, if you're a small business owner and you need any help and you're, you're confused or you're frustrated or you just need somebody to kind of like throw some spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks to like, I, I could be that person. I could be that sounding board. I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, reach out to me. It's very easy to uh, contact me. All of my social media and everything is, is totally out there. I'm totally transparent. So reach out to me, let me know what you need and I'll be glad to help the best that I can. Love it. If you liked what you heard here, hit the subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify, over at YouTube if you're watching or on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, two guys, one shaker cup at Jay Shaw. Uh, con- is it Jay Shaw Consulting? Your, I always forget your, your yeah. Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, at Fitness Informant. Appreciate you guys listening. And uh, our challenge to you as you go away from this podcast is what are you going to do, I guess, here moving forward during this type of uncertainty to support your local economy, your local small business? And if you are a local small business, what are you doing to stay ahead of everything that's going on? Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.